0: Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, book of Hebrews in chapter 10. This Christmas morning, I bring you to the book of Hebrews because I want to show you the greatest gift ever given. Interestingly, the greatest gift ever given was in fact a sacrifice. I want to show it to you here in Hebrews 10. Follow along in your Bible as I read verses 5 through 7. Hebrews 10, beginning at verse 5. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you, have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And now look at verse 10. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. At Christmas time. We give a lot of attention to celebrating our Savior's birth, don't we? And rightly so, we should. It's a wonderful celebration. To celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ coming to earth as a man, it's a it's wonderful news, it's good news, isn't it? That God in human flesh came to man. What an incredible miracle, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And you may have said it this season yourself. Remember the reason for the season. You hear that sometimes, and, and y'all, you almost wonder sometimes when you hear it, do those who say that actually know the reason for the season? But as believers in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've trusted in Jesus, you have all the reason in the world to celebrate at Christmas, and that reason is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's important to remember that the reason for Christmas and the reason for Christians to celebrate at Christmas is Jesus Christ. It, Amen. I want to go a little further than simply rejoicing over the fact that Jesus was born, though. We celebrate that, and we should. We celebrate the fact that God came, representation of himself in human flesh. But I want to take a few moments this morning to think about the fact that Jesus came to the earth as the greatest gift ever given, and that gift, in fact, was a sacrifice. The reason Jesus came, the reason he was born, the reason he put on human flesh, was for the purpose of becoming a sacrifice. It wasn't simply for the purpose of living a sinless life, although he did that. It wasn't for the purpose of performing miracles. Healing, giving sight, giving food to the hungry. He, he did that, but it wasn't for that purpose that he came. Only by Jesus' death on the cross for sinners is it possible for any of us to be made right with God. And that's why he came, so that we could be made right with God. Only by Jesus' sacrifice can you and I be brought into an everlasting fellowship with God himself. In fact, the Old Testament sacrificial system, if you think about it, when you read the Old Testament, you see the sacrificial system, the sacrificing of animals for sins. That Old Testament sacrificial system was flawed in that it couldn't permanently remove the penalty of sin In fact, that system itself was a foreshadowing of the greatest gift ever given, the gift given by God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. I want you to go back to the beginning of Hebrews 10 with me and look at verses 1 through 4. The writer of Hebrews, you need to understand the writer of Hebrews was inspired by God, as all the writers of the scriptures were, inspired by God. And look at verses 1 through 4 as the writer of Hebrews, inspired by God, says in verses 1-4 through that the real sacrifice for sins was foreshadowed in those Old Testament ceremonial sacrifices, that ceremonial system. God had ordained the sacrificial system under Moses to point to Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is the once-for-all sacrifice for sins. The sacrificial system instituted by God under Moses' leadership, couldn't bring ultimate forgiveness of sins. What it did, though, it did accomplish, was the fact that it revealed the need for forgiveness. It pointed to that ultimate need. It revealed the true sacrifice that could forgive and cleanse from sin. It ultimately foreshadowed that that offering sent by God, God the Son, And that's why the writer says in verse 1, look at verse 1, the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. The good things to come. What's that? That's pointing to Jesus. The first covenant, the law, was just a, a shadow of what it pointed to, of the good things to come. It wasn't the reality. It was the foreshadowing of the reality. So the rest of verse 1 says, It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Those animal sacrifices couldn't fully forgive sins. Why? Why is that? We are shown why in verse 2. It it proves the point by showing how the repeated offering of the animal sacrifices proves that they were inadequate to accomplish forgiveness. Says verse 2, look at it. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. Those animal sacrifices, they had to be offered repeatedly because they didn't ultimately forgive sins. In fact, verse 3 points to this saying, but in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. And then verse 4 says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So the worshipers of God, seen in the Old Testament, they were being reminded every year, reminded of their sins by the blood, of those shed, uh, the, the blood shed by those sacrifices, year after year, being reminded of their sins, so it's clear that that system of the first covenant, the old covenant, couldn't ultimately remove the penalty for sins. Couldn't forgive sins. But the very act of repeating the sacrifice year after year, it was a reminder to the worshipers that they still needed forgiveness of sins. It was a reminder that the animal sacrifices couldn't completely do the job. Bible commentator Homer Kent says, The very fact of an annual day showed that Israel never had the conception of its sins put away permanently through animal sacrifices. It reminded them of sin, the guilt it brings, and the need for its removal. All of this should have demonstrated that it is impossible for blood of bulls and goats to accomplish the final expiation, which is promised in Christ. What must be remembered is that their atoning value was temporary and typical depending for their efficacy upon the coming sacrifice of Christ to whom they pointed. Those Old Testament sacrifices, those animal sacrifices, they pointed to the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate gift, the the greatest gift ever given the Lord Jesus Christ. That brings us to what we see next. We see what the Old Covenant was pointing to, specifically whom the Old Covenant was pointing to. The First Covenant was foreshadowing Jesus. Jesus is the real answer to our sin problem. Jesus is the real reason we celebrate Christmas as followers of Christ, if that's you. Jesus is the answer to our greatest need, that's all of us. And the writer makes this clear in verses 5 through 10. This makes Jesus coming as a baby to ultimately go to the cross as a sinless man for sinners, the greatest gift ever given. That's the argument of verses 5 through 10. Note it, verse 5 says, Consequently, when Christ came into the world... How did Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, come into the world? Well, we know, don't we? He came as a baby. We celebrate that at Christmas. Born in human flesh, God. That's a miracle. And so verse 5 says of Jesus, He said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. Jesus completely fulfilled God's will by becoming the bodily sacrifice for sin. There's something interesting going on here, though. I want you to note this. I want you to think about this. In verses 5 through 9, we have before us a quote from the Old Testament. a, A quote, in fact, from Psalm 40 verses 6 through 8, which is a quote from David. And in Psalm 40, David was expressing his desire to give himself to God and give his life as true worship to God. So here he is expressing his desire to truly worship God with his life. I wonder if you name the name of Christ today, if you say you're a believer in Jesus, does that describe you, that you truly want to give your life the way you live your life as an offering to God, to glorify Him, to point others to the Savior? That was David's heart. And because he knew, as we know from God's Word, that to obey, to obey God is better than sacrifice, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to obey God with his life because he knew from the heart that it was that was far better than actual than the actual bloodshed by the sacrifice of the animals. Yeah. In other words, God wants our whole heart. David knew that. David understood that. God doesn't want us to just give him lip service. It's you know it's actually possible to give God lip service. So to speak, it's it's possible to come to church, to sing the songs, to open the Bible, to listen to the preaching and yet walk out unchanged. And go about your life just how you want, ignoring what God's Word says, with no desire to please God with the way that you live. Amen. Reach it faster. God wants our whole heart. He doesn't want us to just give Him lip service, not just going through the motions of worship, but truly worshiping Him from the bottom of our hearts, truly yielding ourselves to, to God's desires for us, to God's own will for the way that we should live, that's revealed in his word. What makes this passage interesting is that the writer of Hebrews quotes David and David's words in such a way that attributes them to Jesus Christ. I think that's interesting. So what's going on here is that God, the author of all Scripture, moved the writer of Hebrews to show us that he had moved David, God had moved David to speak words that carried far more meaning than David himself even understood at the time. In fact, David's words express that ultimately the only acceptable sacrifice For sin is Jesus. The only sacrifice that completely forgives sin is the sacrifice that Jesus made, gave of himself in obedience to the Father at Calvary. That makes Jesus the greatest gift ever. And the greatest gift ever was once for all a sacrifice for sinners. Now, did you notice in verse 6 that it says, look at verse 6 again, in burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure? And then in verse 8, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. That might puzzle you to read that. how could God not be pleased with those sacrifices which he had ordained himself? Even verse 8 notes that these sacrifices were instituted by God, saying, these are offered according to the law. Bible commentator Warren Wiersbe writes about this, saying, When the writer stated that God had no pleasure in the old covenant sacrifices, this does not suggest that the old sacrifices were wrong, or that sincere worshipers received no benefit from obeying God's law. It only means that God had no delight in sacrifices as such apart from the obedient hearts of the worshipers. No amount of sacrifices could substitute for obedience. Jesus came to do the Father's will. This will is the new covenant that has replaced the old covenant. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has taken away the first covenant and established the second. The readers of this epistle, called Hebrews, would get the message. Why go back to a covenant that has been taken away? Why go back to sacrifices that are inferior? And people, that's why we don't have animal sacrifices today. Why? Because Jesus has come. Because the baby was born. And Jesus lived that sinless life and went to the cross as the ultimate, the best gift ever, that sacrifice for sinners. No ritual animal sacrifice would do. No lip service or going through the motions would do. What was required for the forgiveness of sins was the life of Jesus Christ offered up on the cross, and Him alone. And so that means that if you want forgiveness of sins, and you should want forgiveness of sins, we're all sinners in need of saving, in need of forgiving. If you want forgiveness of sins, you should put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus yielded himself up to the Father's will, as verse 9 says, Behold, I have come to do your will. We can praise God today for that truth that Jesus came Yielding to the Father's will. Behold, I have come to do your will. And then verse 9 emphasizes that by doing this, he does away with the first, that is the first covenant, the old covenant, in order to establish the second, that is the new covenant. The new covenant is Jesus Christ. His shed blood for sinners. And we should thank God that Jesus did this, because as we see in verse 10, Where it says, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, get this, once for all. For all who believe in Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross is completely sufficient to once for all remove all punishment for sin. The guilt of sin the stranglehold of sin. Jesus' sacrifice was offered once and it was final. And that is what we rejoice in today. It's completely sufficient to save all who trust in Him. Praise God. If you're a believer in and follower of Jesus, it would be fitting for you to ask yourself today to examine your own heart, your own life, Ask yourself, am I following the example of my Savior who humbled Himself before God the Father and submitted to Him? Are we following the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and submitting to God's law, to His standard of conduct and the way that we should live our lives? But it's not just that. The first act of obedience is submission to God is admitting that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's where it begins. But once God has begun that new work in you, then he calls you to honor him by the way that you live. And it's fitting that if you name the name of Christ today, that you examine your heart and say, am I honoring God with the way that I live? Am I fully submitting myself to God's word? To obey is better than sacrifice, says God. What God requires of you for the forgiveness of sins is your faith in Jesus Christ, who once for all gave himself up as a sacrifice for sinners. And that, that is something we rejoice in at Christmas time and all year round. And if you've believed in Jesus, God doesn't want you to merely go through the motions of giving him worship once every week. In fact, this is This day, this Sunday, and this Lord's Day when we gather together, this is just an opportunity for us to tune ourselves up, (laughs) to have our hearts tuned and ready to worship God the rest of the week. It's a good thing to be here today. It's a good thing to be here and worship God in song, isn't it? It's a good thing to be here to open our Bibles together and to humble ourselves before God's Word. It's a very good thing. But if any of that is given without actually giving the sacrifice of yourself to God, giving yourself to Him to be a a life that's lived for His glory, then He is not pleased. He's not pleased even with our presence today. If we come with tight fists on our lives, refusing to give God any area of our lives, He's not pleased with those things that become like mere ritual when we just kind of go through the motions and thoughtlessly kind of go through the motions of religion without actually humbling ourselves before God and asking for Him to change us daily from the inside out to to keep forming us in the image of Christ. Minister and preacher C.T. Studd once wrote a profound little statement. He said, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. No sacrifice for you or me can be too great to give to Jesus the greatest gift ever given, a sacrifice. That's the attitude God is calling his children to here today. As we look at the scriptures together, this is the attitude that God desires of us this Christmas you should thank the Lord that Jesus gave his all he didn't he didn't withhold any part of himself he gave his all completely at Calvary his sinless self incredible to think of that our Savior sinless went to the cross suffered cruelly for our sins he gave himself and if we have faith in Jesus As verse 10 says, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And for that, we ought to praise God today. Think of all that Jesus Christ has accomplished by giving himself the greatest gift ever, a sacrifice. And rejoice in that today. Have you believed in Jesus When you examine your heart, you examine your life, you look at your life and realize maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ. Today would be a wonderful day for you to give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in Jesus, receiving the gift that He offers you, the forgiveness of sins. How incredible that would be this Christmas day to be able to point to and say, I trusted Jesus on Christmas Day in 2022. And if you are a believer in Jesus, are you giving yourself daily are you giving yourself daily to live your life for the glory of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that others will see him changing you and making you more like your master If you've believed in Jesus are you seeking to live your life for his glory There's no greater joy than that in fact it it seems counterintuitive the world says watch out for yourself live for yourself, but Jesus says, live for me. Jesus says, live for me. And there's no greater joy to be found than in giving your life to Jesus Christ in faith, receiving that gift that's yours, the gift that He accomplished for you at Calvary. There's no greater joy to be found than living your life centered on God's Word, focusing on glorifying God with the way that you live for the sake of the glory of Jesus Christ shining through you in this world. May that be true of us this Christmas day and always.